Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, J.J. Peterson. Hi, Don. Hi, JJ. Welcome home. <laughs> Thank you very much. You just got back from Australia. I did. You took StoryBrand Global. I did. Well, <laughs> we did, yes. I got to hold a koala is really, I mean, maybe more important. I don't know. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> I got to hold the koalas. And you even. say they're like sleeping bears. They, they sleep are. in trees. They're like sleeping babies. <laughs> I love that. They were exactly what I wanted them to be. That's amazing. <laughs> they were soft and cuddly, and they just kind of, ugh, I love koalas. Although I heard they have a lot of diseases that we won't speak about right now. And you brought them home. Well, no, I washed my hands. But I loved, <laughs> I loved, I loved being there. When we had an amazing time with a team, we did. We yeah, there's a, a team of incredibly yeah. capable folks down in Australia yeah, they, who have been in touch with us for a year. Well, we, they came over to the United States. Yeah, they flew over. And they were here for a while, and then I went there for a while, and we've been doing some training, and they're going to be doing five workshops throughout Australia and New Zealand this coming year. So That's amazing. Um, if anybody in Australia is listening, you can actually go to storybrand.com.au and sign up for an invite for when the course comes to your area. So Yeah, storybrand.com.au. Yeah. We have licensed that to them, and we are so excited for them. And if you want to clarify your message and you live in Australia or New Zealand, or if you just want to go visit Australia <laughs> yeah, ready to and go, hold a koala bear. Hold a koala. <laughs> it's amazing, I'm telling you. And you, you I can got sign to up see for kangaroos. I got to see alligators. You saved be somebody from being killed that by a shark. Crazy. Well, I didn't, but I did walk out no, to No, I shark. heard you did. I mean, I heard well, you yelled I mean, shark, I was part shark, of a and team. they came out yeah. of water. I was part of a group of people that, yes, I was on the shore. I walked down to the beach. I was like, I have to go to the beach while I'm here. I walked down. I looked down at my feet to take a picture of my feet in the water, and I put my head up, and there's a shark fin right there. And as I see it, this lady beside me yells, shark, shark. And all of a sudden, people are coming out of the water. The shore is lined with people, and we're yelling all yelling, shark. shark, shark. And there's two people in the water that have their heads down, because it's this little kind of like cove. Like swimming laps. And they're swimming laps in this cove, and they're not hearing. And we're all yelling at the top of our lungs. And the sharks start circling behind them and we're freaking out and everybody's yelling. There's a restaurant right up on the beach shore and people are on the second floor. Everybody's yelling. Finally, they hear us. They look up and they start swimming in and everybody starts cheering. I'm high-fiving <laughs> these strangers that I met 30 seconds earlier. That I mean, it awesome. felt like forever that we were screaming, but high-five the people. They come in. This guy's in a Speedo. He's giving everybody hugs. It was kind of magical. <laughs> it was like one of those moments. And then I just kind of I was like, oh, okay. So all of my pictures look like this desert, like island oasis because nobody is in the water in, in my <laughs> pictures from the beach because a shark. Story brand, we clarify message, we save lives. <laughs> <laughs> you, need us, you need us to help you with your marketing. Yeah. We're in. You need us yeah. to lifeguard. Yeah, and if you need me to hold a koala, I can do that really <laughs> well now too. <laughs> Speaking of sharks, yeah. email marketing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what today. King You're of transitions. So good at transitions. Like every time you kind of blow my mind with transitions. <laughs> People think that email marketers are sharks. Yeah. And yeah. you know, they're not. Yeah. For instance, JJ. Yeah. Yesterday, mm -hmm. I'm excited about this. Yeah. I got an email from an Ethiopian prince. Really? Yes. Interesting. He's offering me a lot of money. He's got to transfer his car. Yeah. Here, and uh -huh. we're working out this thing where I basically send him the title to my car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sends a title 
to me in the mail. Makes but sense. this guy, yeah, his dad died, and now he's, he's taking over this whole thing. Yeah, he's yeah. worth a ton of money. He's got money. Wow, good. what an opportunity! I know people think email marketing is a hoax and it's <laughs> no. awful, but if you don't open these emails yeah. and read them and take yeah. them seriously, you, you miss out. You might not get a car. From you Ethiopia. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who actually, she actually fell no, for that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, she's a Bible college kid. She's like, well, look, when we were in her 20s, she was like 22. She lost her Honda. She no, lost a Honda seriously? Accord. Seriously? I don't know how it worked, but she literally lost a Honda Accord. Somehow in this To process. an Ethiopian prince. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Ethiopian princes are getting bad names. <laughs> getting bad reputation. Can you imagine if you're in Ethiopia, you mean, this is Prince so-and-so. Yeah, you just slap him. Yeah, yeah, he's like, <laughs> get away from me. stealing yeah. from my friends at Bible college. <laughs> slap uh, him off their throne. Oh, that's sad. That's so sad. Anyway. Yeah. Today's... I think that's what a lot of people think email marketing feels like. Th- like it does. It feels like you're trying to scam somebody out of money. Yeah. And the better you can write an email, and the better scammer you are, or even in this case, spammer you are, right. you're going to get more sales. But that's actually not what it's about at all. Well, it's not if it's done right. I think there are folks who do that. Yes. But if you do yeah. email marketing, first of all, you have to realize direct mail is not dead, but it's almost dead. The days of sitting down and reading a 12-page direct mail letter yeah. <laughs> about magazine subscriptions no. are over. Yep. And people are getting advertising in their email now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you have a sequence of emails that you can write, and we teach people to write these in our course, The Story of a Marketing Roadmap, but if yeah. you have a sequence of emails and write them well and they start working, you can just let them ride for a long time. And it's about being generous. Yeah, It's about being gracious. People know your spirit and tone when they read your email. Yeah. And there are ways to do it well. Yeah. And there are ways to do it wrong. We've done it the wrong way a couple times, but it wasn't like we were being manipulative. It's that we just sent messages that were so vague and foggy, nobody yeah. responded yeah. to them. Yeah. <laughs> you had to, yeah. Like, what are these people doing? Almost apologetic, right? Because yeah. uh, when you're selling a product that you actually believe in and actually believes that it's going to help people, before yeah. it's going to relieve stress, it's going to help their business grow, it's going to help them, even if it's not even our stuff, if it's somebody who's like, I actually have a way that you're going to feel better by taking these vitamins. Right. Right. Like you're going to improve people's lives. Or solve any kind you, of problem. You I want mean, to be able to communicate clearly to them how this is going to be able to make your life better and offer them the opportunity. It's not us trying to scam them out of money. It's genuinely trying to say, hey, here's an opportunity that maybe you didn't know about. And this has the ability to actually move your life forward. Yeah. Think about the last product that you bought. Let's ask each other this. What's the last product that you bought that you're really, I'll go first, that you're really delighted in? So I, I drink buttered coffee every morning. It's a whole nother episode. <laughs> I've done do. it. I've and done it for had, about a you month. You made it for me too. <laughs> I did. I made some buttered coffee <laughs> yes. for you. Basically put a lot of butter and coconut oil in your yeah. coffee and you melt it down. Blah, blah. Not bad. But the problem is the, the oil like coagulates on the top after about 15 minutes and you got yeah. kind of gross looking coffee. So I bought one of these little little wand frothers. It was like yeah. 12 bucks, right? Yeah. And I love it. The yeah. coffee does not coagulate now. It's really great. It cost me 12 bucks and it's awesome. Yeah. That solved the problem for you. If I yes. would have gotten a series of emails that were trying to sell me this coffee frother yeah. and I would have bought it, I would have been so happy that I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> so the key is, one yeah. of the keys to getting over the hurdle of doing email marketing is to ask yourself, is my product really going to make people happy? Yeah. And if not, they will, of course, be upset that you sent them a bunch of emails. Yes. <laughs> but if they buy it and they like it and it helps them, yeah. you know, the people who respond to our emails and buy something, they send us, I, I get people with, in tears standing yeah. in line at a book signing or something saying, you made me about $1.2 million last yeah. year. <laughs> 
And yeah. I love those conversations. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it helps the further you get into it. You know, people are like, Don, you're sending me all these spam emails. It doesn't affect me anymore sometimes when people say that because I just think, you know, if you were a qualified buyer and you bought it, it would solve so many problems for you. But yeah. you're not. So I can't not help these people because you think yeah, I'm yeah. being a, a well, sliding salesperson. And I bought a – when I stayed at your house, yeah. I slept on the Lisa mattress. Yeah, that Betsy yeah, ordered that Betsy ordered mattress online, in a box. And it changed my life. It genuinely changed <laughs> my life. We are not sponsored yeah, by Lisa, by the way. We are not sponsored by Lisa. This is not a – I mean, only a personal plug in that people, <laughs> if you're not sleeping well, Lisa mattress, I'm telling you. And so I got one. Yeah, I got it. It was delivered to my house. I am so happy. Yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> actually, I looked now. at it online, and then I started getting because I looked at it. I think on Amazon, and I started getting targeted, right? Oh, because yeah. they know where you're shopping. So I started getting ads for it and everything, and it was just there. And it's not cheap. And so it wasn't one of those things where I was going to buy instantly. I actually needed it to kind of keep coming back yeah. in front of my face to remind me, hey, you had an amazing night's yeah, sleep when you were staying people, on that that's mattress. The other thing is like one email won't do it. You know, you're going to get some sales off one well wireframed website. Yeah. But you've got to be in front of them over and over and yep. over and over again. And the best way a medium size or small business can do that, a big business, is through email. Yep. And Lisa got me. And I have that mattress now. And I probably will be ordering another one. <laughs> well, uh, well, good. I think that's great. Lisa, if you're listening, you can just pay us for that if you want. Because <laughs> oh, Betsy and I have two. You've got one. It's yeah. the uh, Story Brand Podcast sponsored by Lisa. <laughs> Well, today's interview is with Francis Jones. Francis Jones works at Infusionsoft. Infusionsoft is a $100 million company that we use and we love. Again, we're not sponsored by them either. A lot of pro bono work today. On we're not sponsored by them either, but we love our software that we use with Infusionsoft, and a lot of small companies use it to grow their business, and it, it really takes marketing to the next level, email marketing to the next level, and it also helps you not bug people because you can yeah. segment audiences and cancel people out of campaigns. All that kind of stuff. But these guys understand how to use email to grow a business. And Francis Jones is one of the leading experts in this. He understands the kind of content that works and the kind of content that doesn't. So we flew out actually to Phoenix, Arizona to meet with Francis. We thought this interview would be that important. And boy, he dropped some wisdom on us. If you're looking for some confidence, if you're looking for some inspiration just to go, okay, I got to take a week and figure this out or two weeks to figure this out. This interview is going to do it for you. Our goal with this interview is by the end of it, you will feel like I've got to do this and it's not as hard as I thought. I can do it right because you do have to do this. This is something you've got to do in the modern age to grow your company. With that, JJ, here is our interview with Francis Jones. Well, we're here in Chandler, Arizona today with Francis Jones at the home of Infusionsoft. Hey, how's it going? It's really great to be here. You guys have quite an office. Thanks a lot. We love it. Yeah, there's like a football field kind of in the middle of it, and there's cubicles all the way around the football field. There's a giant cereal bar. You guys have embraced the Silicon Valley here we outside have, of Phoenix. We have. We have a couple of pool tables. and. Uh, Did you have to do that to keep the, the sort of 2030-somethings coming to work? Uh, well, yeah, I don't I'll, I will, uh, <laughs> no comment. I no comment on that. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about email marketing, and Infusionsoft, of course, is an email marketing company, but regardless whether you're using uh, MailChimp or HubSpot or Constant Contact, whatever, a lot of us are making some mistakes with email marketing. Now, here's yep. the thing. If you've been to a StoryBrand workshop, you know that we strongly are in favor of email marketing. In fact, I built my entire company on email marketing, all with really lead generating PDFs leading to email marketing campaigns. And if you're not doing it, 
you need to do it. And so how many thousands of customers do you guys have using your email marketing platform now? Uh, we have about uh, 35,000 customers, about 125,000 users. Unbelievable. And you've seen success stories. You've seen oh, companies yeah. go from a million to 10 million, yep. 100,000 to whatever. Absolutely. The problem with it is most of our listeners are, are thinking, it's too big. I don't know how to do it. There's a fog there. And so they don't dive in and do the first 15 minutes of work to kind of research it, and then the first hour to set it up, and then the first three hours to get it going. And so they'll miss out on 100 grand this year. That's true. And That's so true. this is to encourage you to do it. However, when you do it, and some of you are doing it, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe so. And we're going to save you some time doing or at least it wrong. Some things. Yeah. Maybe some things wrong. You've seen a lot of pitfalls. And the first pitfall, we outlined this earlier before we started recording. Francis, is the first pitfall is they don't do anything. They don't get started. Yeah. One of the biggest challenges we run into with uh, with customers is they don't want to do anything until they can do everything. They feel well, like I understand they, that. they've seen yeah. these campaigns, they've seen these email marketing campaigns, they look at these big box stores and all the things they're getting and saying, there's no way I can possibly do all of that. And we would say, don't. You don't need to do all that. What's important is just to get started because just like anything else, once you get started, it opens up that part of your brain and you start thinking that way and you start looking at ways you can market to your prospects or to your customers. It just takes getting started. And I remember this. We got into this, what, four or five years ago, and you get hooked. I mean, it gamifies itself really quick. It does. You like watching the open rates. You see the orders come in. You're like, okay, we're now an email marketing company. Let me also ask you this. 50,000 people are going to hear this, and let's say all 50,000 people start doing email marketing, and then their friends start doing email marketing, and now there's you know, million companies out there doing email marketing. And I first thought, well, this is going to be terrible because the bottom's going to drop out and it's going to be diluted. But the reality is, more and more, if somebody gives you their email address because they're tired of getting junk mail, if they give you their email address, that is a qualified hot lead. Correct. And in fact, the more resistant people are to giving out their email address, the more that email address is worth to you because they want to hear from you. Absolutely. You know, the thing that in the online world that we we talk about, that gateway, the only way that I as a company have to communicate with you is through your email address. And people, rightly so, are treating that email address like it's gold. Right. They don't give out the email address unless it's something they actually want to hear, which means you have to provide value and all that stuff that you talk about in the stuff that you teach. You have to provide that value or people aren't going to give you their email address. They're just not going to do it. That's a close. I don't want you to reach out to me unless I want you to reach out to me. So I'm not just going to willy-nilly throw that email address out there. You know, some listeners are trying to find uh, warm leads and the best way to do it is ask for an email address because it's really like giving me five bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's the emotional equivalent of, okay, okay, I guess I'll pay five bucks for this thing. Somebody pays five bucks, they're interested in whatever you've got. It's the currency. All right. So we got to do something. The first pitfall is don't do anything. The second is pray and spray. (laughs) Yeah, the the pray and spray is something you really have to be mindful of. One of the things that businesses struggle with is not segmenting their message. Mm -hmm. You really want to avoid sending out messages that don't mean things to people. If I'm on your website and I'm looking at men's shoes, I don't want to hear from you about women's jackets. That just doesn't apply to me. I, I I didn't ask for that. I didn't indicate anywhere that I was looking for that. And so if you really want to get the attention of your audience, you need to speak to them 
how they ask to be spoken to. So if I'm on your website and I'm looking at men's shoes and I ask about men's shoes, then send me information about men's shoes. You may expand it a little bit to all shoes, but if I don't indicate I'm interested in children's shoes, I'm going to stop reading your emails if you're sending me stuff that I don't care about. So the pray and spray is the idea that we just send it out and we just hope that people will read it. I was at an event once in London and I was teaching this principle to a room of about 200 people and someone raised their hand and said, but the big box stores spray and pray all the time. I said, well, if you have a list of 10 million customers... You're going to see a little bit of success. You can pray and spray because you're going to start seeing success if you have a list of 10,000 customers. But the reality is if they didn't, they would see... Better results. Correct. Yeah. And, and they can, the, but if they, they're The biggest still... retail in the world is who? Amazon. Amazon, yeah. And Amazon knows everything you're doing. I was uh, looking for televisions once on Amazon, and I decided to buy it at Walmart on a Black Friday, and I got a few emails trickling in about televisions, and about a week later, I stopped getting emails about televisions and started getting emails about uh, wall brackets and uh, wow. about uh, HDMI cords and yeah. DVD players and Blu-ray players because they've assumed that I'd moved past because I hadn't searched for it in a while, that now I was moving on to accessories. So that's really what's going to get people's attention is they pay attention. Yeah. That happened to me eight years ago, and I tell that story every single time I talk about segregation. And I, what we just said is going to cause people to fall into the first pitfall that we already Correct. said where they're going to go, I can't do that. That sounds really complicated. So they don't get started. Yeah. Correct. So go back to the first one, get started, get started, and then don't pray and spray. Actually, think. And, and if you're just getting started, you are going to send a mass email That's how you to, to your 37 people on your list, and it is going to be a little bit of pray and spray. But then you segment as it gets, based on you know, their responses and, and the, as they click on links and things like that. All right. Third pitfall inside language, and I'll tell a story about this. Great. I just was at a conference uh, recently, and there were a bunch of breakouts when I got there. One breakout was the day before, so you actually had to fly in the day before. And people came up to me and said, were you at the breakout, you know, the day before? I said, no, you know, we've, we actually flew in this afternoon and got here this evening. It was worth the whole price of admission. It was amazing. And I thought, I would have gone to that. Why didn't I go to that? And I realized they'd sent me an email with a ton of inside language, and I couldn't figure out what that breakout was actually about. <laughs> and that's why I didn't go. They would have had me. They would have had my money. They would have had me there. I would have gotten great value, but they used so much inside language I got two sentences in, and when I have no idea what they're talking about, it certainly doesn't apply to me. Inside language will kill your emails. I mean, people will not respond if they don't understand it. Nobody likes to be confused. Am I right? Absolutely correct. You want to avoid industry jargon at all costs. Yeah. It, it, you want to really dumb it down. You want to bring it down. You talk about in your online course about the curse of knowledge, and mm-hmm. you really need to treat that seriously. You have to create emails that speak to them how they want to be spoken to and not using that powerful jargon. I get right, it, right, right. but people don't understand and they tune it off. Okay, bad subject lines. Pitfall number four. Yeah, you want to be careful with the subject line. Uh, there's lots of different schools of thought and there isn't anything that someone's going to say, this always works or this never works. You right. know, just, it doesn't exist. Uh, we would recommend that you split test, that you test it out on people, that you uh, segment your list and you send a subject line out to part of your group and send another subject to a subset, another subject line to a different subset, and then whichever one performs best goes out to the rest of your group. Split testing is what that's called. Uh, if you don't have the time to split test or the size of a list, to split test, you really want to keep it simple. You want to keep it direct. You want to address them so that when they are looking on their phone, which is where most people read, they can see what that email is about. So you want exactly. to keep that you, short. It, that's the big thing is it's got to be really clear. You've got to know, you know, you're having a 50% off sale this Tuesday, right? So if you say special opportunity, nobody's going to open that email. Correct. 
They're not going to. But if you say 50% off shoes this Tuesday, well, now they know because you actually told them what the special opportunity was. And if they want shoes, they're going to open I'm the much more likely to open that. Email. Yeah. And so we get here's the thing. And we tell this to our clients all the time don't get cute, get right. clear. Don't get cute. Get clear. Everybody's well, let me be poetic. Don't be poetic. You're not a poet. Right. Be, be clear. You're writing an email. Unless your audience is not a perspective book. Yeah, poets. there you go. Even then, I would say 50% right. off poems. You right. know, or whatever. <laughs> Make it really clear. Yeah. Okay, so bad subject lines. The, the key there, and again, it is subjective, even as Francis said, but, but just be clear. I'll be back with the rest of my interview with Francis Jones in just a moment. All right, another segment of Marketing Mythbusters here with Kula Callahan to help us bust another marketing myth. What is today's myth? Today's myth is this. Email marketing is dead. It is dead, dun, isn't dun, it? I mean, you nobody sends or receives email anymore in the whole world. You are wrong, Don. I, I love I telling am. you you're wrong. It feels so good <laughs> on this side of the microphone. <laughs> because it so rarely happens. I know. But I, I, know. Might, I might be wrong about this one. <laughs> I think you are wrong about this one. I actually just read an article today that said in 2016, the top source of analytical data for marketers came from email. So email's working. It's working. Right. The problem, when people's emails don't work, when their emails aren't selling things, it's because the words that they're using in those emails aren't good. Boy, I've read a few of those. <laughs> I bet you have. Sometimes I open spam emails just to read them and realize how bad they are. Yeah, so if you're just blasting out emails that aren't adding value to your customer's life, that aren't calling your customers to action, and that aren't painting the picture of what your customers' lives will look like if they buy your product or service, your email marketing probably isn't working. Yep. But the great thing about emails is that you can use really specific targeted language that speaks to those customers that you're serving yeah. to show them how you solve their problems and help make their lives better. Yeah. They gave you their email address. They expect something from you. If Absolutely. somebody gave you their email address, like we say in this interview with Francis Jones, it's like they gave you 10 bucks or 15 bucks. I mean, okay, you're a young lady. If somebody asks for your phone number at a party and you're excited and they never call you, how do you feel? So sad. I'm eating chocolate in my bed alone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what we're doing to customers. They're eating chocolate in their bed alone and we're not emailing and them. And it's wrong. Okay, so what happens if the guy calls you and he's uh, really rude or he doesn't get to the point or he's passive aggressive or he can't figure out what he wants? And he doesn't ask me on a date. Now I'm drinking uh, wine eating chocolate alone in my bed. Unbelievable. <laughs> that guy is going nowhere fast. And, and sadly, that's what a lot of us are doing in our business. Absolutely. So yes, there, email is important, but the reason a lot of us aren't doing it is because we've read so many emails from people who aren't doing it right that we think email is bad. It isn't bad. There's a right way to do it. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll just share it really quick. You wireframe a great website. You have a lead generating PDF that gets an email address. You send five to 10 specific emails written in a certain way, and you close those email sequences with a sales email that converts somebody to a buyer. That's how you do it. Now, each of those things, the wireframe, the website, the lead generating PDF, the email sequence, and the sales letter are written using formulas. Yep. And if you use these formulas, you won't offend people, you won't come off as pushy, you won't come off as salesy, and you'll close the deal. We teach this in the StoryBrand Marketing Roadmap. It's our sales funnel course. It's, it's your marketing plan for the year. These are the basics. If you want to get into email marketing, go to storybrand.com slash roadmap. That's storybrand.com slash roadmap and pick up the course. Now listen, it's only available once a year, but what you want to do is you want to hit request an invite, get your email in there, and when it's open, we're going to let you know. All right, that's what you want to do. Storybrand.com slash roadmap. Go there, request an invitation, and when it's open, we'll let you know. 
All right, number five, and this is a big one. I get emails like this from amateur email marketers. I get these all the time. No clear calls to action. Yeah. Because there is a strategy, and Francis, you and I have talked about this before, where you give great, free, valuable content. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're a doctor. You're going to give away you know, an email that talks about the power of tomato juice and riboflavins and all this kind of right. stuff, right? Well, you get to the end of it, it's like, well, that was really valuable. But what I want is, I need, psychologically, I need you to tell me something to do, right? And so come in for a blood test and find out if there's enough vitamin B, you know, in your system or whatever. And you're like, well, you know, we're not trying to sell anything. We're trying to do, uh, you know, just give free value. But we still psychologically want to wrap that up. Yeah, we absolutely want people to get used to clicking something of value in our emails. It's, I know it sounds a little bit silly and we say, well, you know, I don't, I don't believe that people get trained to do things like that. They absolutely get trained to do things. So when I send them emails, it doesn't have to be a call to buy something, but there needs to be a call to action, what you would call a transitional yeah, call to and action. Even, yeah, and even go to the store today and make sure you've got fresh tomatoes in your house all week. You're not selling them anything yeah. necessarily, but you, they, the people need to take action on something. Otherwise, it's just like a movie with no ending. Yeah, I mean, I, there's plenty of uh, blogs and thoughts of the day that I have subscribed to that I don't read anymore because they were just like ethereal, like, hey, you can be a better person if you just think this. Yeah, we've all been around somebody uh, who orally processes. Yeah. They're, they're literally just thinking out loud. And you're kind of like, okay, where are you going? Oh, you're literally just thinking out loud. And after you're done talking, there's nothing for us right. to do. In fact, we just did it. We were just in a meeting where there were four of us, and three of us kept orally processing. And only, <laughs> fortunately, there was one. <laughs> only of, Aaron would kept going. Person, yeah. Boys, stop talking. We have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not one. Anyway, and that goes right into number six, and that is too long. Did not read. Yeah, the uh, we've all gotten that. Email. TLDNR, it's uh, <laughs> it's you know some people are bold enough to actually write that back. Uh, you know, I had an interesting experience <laughs> with that. Uh, we all think that we're different. I can't tell you the number of customers that I've talked to that said, "No, no, but Francis, you don't understand. My customers love to hear yeah, from people me. Love they read everything that emails. I write, and I say that's not true. You think it's true? It's not true. I promise. We were planning a family vacation, me and my brothers and mm -hmm. my mom, yeah. and uh, I was responsible for putting it all together. And uh, this is my family, the family vacation, all the details about what needed to happen so they could board the plane, so they could get on the cruise ship, all those details, the hyperlinks, the logins, everything. And I sent it out. To, it was long. And I warned yeah, them yeah. it was long. And I got a half a dozen responses of like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't read it. It was too long. I'm like, you can't board the ship unless you read this email. <laughs> And they wouldn't read the email. I had to actually get on the phone with them and break it down that way. You think you're different, and I, I love you all, and I think And it, it doesn't know, even matter how it important the information is. It does not matter is. how important it is. If it's yeah. too long, they will not read it. Yeah, point 37 is exactly where the treasure is buried. Right. Well, I'm not getting to point 37. I don't they don't. That's right. The cure to cancer is buried at point yeah, number 444. No, I'll, I'll yeah, deal with Can it. I skip that? Which point right. would I... <laughs> It's absolutely true. Don't think you're different. And, oh, here's another one. Now, this is just being mean now. But <laughs> you learn this as an amateur writer. Never tell them what you're going to tell them. I'm writing you an email today to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. so there's always words. My point is there's words you can cut out of this thing. Yeah, I routinely, when I write emails, even now business emails internally to people, I'll write the email out and then I go through it and I cut out words, and then I go yeah, through it yeah. again, and I cut out words. I'll go through it three, four, five times. I love the quote in your book, and I, I wish I could remember who said it, where he said, I didn't have time to write a short letter. 
That's right. Yeah, it's, it's credited to Mark Twain. Mark yeah. Twain. I, it takes a lot of time to go through and edit those things out, but it's important to do, especially in your emails to your customers and prospects. A problem and a resolution. I mean, literally just start with, if you're dealing with this, if you're feeling this pain, we have this product that will solve it. Or if you're dealing with this pain, here's some uh, bit of philosophy that we believe about whatever, nutrition Excellent. or whatever. And, and that's it. Problem, resolution. Not, I am writing you today. I thought I would send out an email today. <laughs> well, you're not just thinking about it. You're actually you're doing actually, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're, it goes without saying. And well, you're thinking out loud, it. right? Yeah. Okay, so number seven of the eight they don't do pattern interruption. Explain that. So pattern interrupt is a principle that we talk a lot about. When people get emails from you, they start to look for and sense what's coming. Yeah. And if you want to get their attention, you have to do something different. And so in the email world, we get caught up in the idea of logos and styling and what is known as HTML, coding and JavaScript and all that other stuff. And those are nice. There's nothing wrong with those things. But when people start to get used to those things, they're not reading anymore. They're scanning. They just don't pay attention. So pattern interrupt is the idea that you're going to do something different. And in the email world, that often happens as a result of plain text emails. So stripping away the logo, stripping away the styling, the color, it's just a plain text. I like to get emails that look like they could have been typed out by someone who is waiting for their reservation for a table at dinner, and they just banged out an email that says, hey, Francis, this is John just checking in. What did you think of the article I sent to you? Yeah. Now, I'm not dumb. I know he didn't just do that, right. but it does something but it has different. has that feel to it. Yeah. The other thing about pattern interrupt is also when you send it. If you get used to getting an email every Tuesday at 4 p.m., try sending it on a different day at a different time, mixing up subject lines, things like that. Right, yeah. Okay, just don't make it feel like it comes from a computer. There needs to be a human... I mean, people are intelligent. They know nowadays that that's what's happening, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they like the fact that you took the effort to make it feel like it wasn't that... That's correct. Yeah, they... Something different. A little trick that we actually do, and it's as part of the template that we teach our customers, is at the bottom, it's a plain text email. It says, you know, dear so-and-so, how did you like my product, you know... Sincerely, Francis, and then right below it, as part of the template, sent from my iPhone or sent from my Android. So it looks like... That's funny. I've not seen that yet. Yeah. So you can type that as part of the template. So when you use a system like Infusionsoft, when it sends it out in mass to your list, they'll get it and they'll see your name. And right below it, it looks like, you know, sent from my iPhone, excuse the errors, the typos, whatever. Oh, that's kind of cool. All right. Finally, eighth pitfall that people fall into when doing email marketing, they send too many emails or not enough. Yeah. And that's a, everybody's got the how often should I send it? Yeah. And there really isn't a, a perfect answer to that. It really yeah. depends on the industry. Uh, let's say, for instance, Probably your you're, ability to also to create good emails. That's the number one driver. The number one driver is if you create content that sells and that really resonates with people, you can send it every day. Yeah. There are emails that you get from people you're like, oh, holy macro, this is great stuff, and they'll get it every day. But if it doesn't, then they're going to opt out. And so the first part of that is make sure you're creating content that resonates with people that there's value in. The second part really just depends on the nature of your industry. If you're a financial advisor and you're talking about like investing, you may need to send stuff more regularly because right. that area changes. That that world changes all the time. Right. I did a training for a, a company that was their business was to sell businesses. Like if I wanted to sell my business, I would approach them and they would be the broker and they would sell the business. Mm, yeah. The life cycle from introduction to the sale of business is like three years. Right. It is enormous. So sending emails every week or every other day, you're going to beat people up. They're like, 
Why do you need to email me so often for something that takes so long? Right. So it really depends on the industry, but more than anything, it's just about whether you provide content. Uh, you know, and content. I've got there are guys that uh, I subscribe to their email list, or I'm on their email list, and they email me every couple days, mm-hmm. and I will open one out of every 100 of their emails, but I don't unsubscribe. Right. And so you can send a bunch of emails that people aren't opening. But you're getting your name or the name of your business across their eyeballs every few days, at least once a week or yeah, something like we, that. There's value to that. Yeah, we teach our customers not to focus so much on open rate. It is fun to look at it. You mentioned earlier in the conversation. It's nice when they open it's it. It's a vanity metric because it's nice to see people opening it. But to your point, that's an excellent point, Don, is just because they're not opening doesn't mean they want out. Yep. If they want out, they'll opt out. It's pretty easy. Everybody knows how to get out but of the, the list. But the point is when they have the pain that you resolve, Correct. You don't want them to have forgotten you. Correct. And an email that they don't open, going across their iPhone, them swiping, is a great way for them not to forget you. Absolutely. Now, th- I say it's a vanity metric, but you can use that to judge, okay, was this a good subject right, line? Was yeah. it a good topic? Look you know, if that. you start seeing trends in different directions, I wouldn't want anyone to exclude that kind of information. But don't get hung up on the idea that, well, they didn't open it so it wasn't valuable. That right. doesn't necessarily mean that it could. It is a data point. That's it. Yeah. It is a point of data that you can use in the greater scheme to find out what to do next. But yes, a- absolutely. Uh, it's about reminding them that you're there, that when it comes time to fix my window or to get my next family picture or because uh, the winter's over and it's time to get pest control again, whatever right. it is that they're going to think of you first. Okay. Well, these are great. Francis, thanks. You guys have done a great job here at Infusionsoft Growing Businesses through email marketing. I'm going to read them again. Here are the pitfalls, the eight pitfalls. One, you don't get started. You don't do anything. Two, you pray and spray. You don't have a strategy. Three, you use inside language. Four, you have bad subject lines. Five, there is no call to action within the email. Six, the email is too long, so nobody reads it. Seven, you're not doing pattern interruption. Or eight, you're sending out too many or not enough. Yep. But the point is get started. You know, StoryBrand and Infusionsoft both want you to grow your business cheaply, inexpensively. I think most marketing is a ripoff. Email marketing is not a ripoff. In fact, it doesn't cost much of anything. So it's not a ripoff. So get started today. Francis, thanks so much for helping us out. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. And thanks so much for coming out to Chandler to spend some time with us and record it. It was not hard. (laughs) Beautiful here. All right. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. All right, JJ, so we don't have to be sharks. No. We, we can actually be good people. And we can do it well. And we can do it well. And I think we do it well here. If you get our emails, print them out. I always tell people, print out our emails, put them in a three-ring binder and study them. Because yep. we spend a lot of time on them. And we actually uh, hire copywriters to help me craft yeah. these emails yeah. really well. And we come up with some good ones. And they work. You know, the company's growing and, and we're having a lot of success. And most of you know that because you, you get those emails. But you got to start doing this. It's a huge thing. All right. Well, next week... We interview one of my favorite people. Again. Yes. The, two fact, of our favorite two people. Two of our favorite <laughs> <Yeah>. people. <laughs> and both of them have previously been guests. Yes. And without knowing it, they were starting to know each other when we interviewed them last year. Yeah. And they wrote a book together. Yeah. And that is Claire Diaz-Ortiz, former executive at Twitter, and Ken Blanchard of the Ken Blanchard Company, author of One Minute Manager, one yes. of my favorite business books of all time. They have written a book about mentoring. Now, Ken is 70-something, Claire is early (laughs) 30-something, and you would think the book is about Ken mentoring Mentoring. Claire, but it's not. It's about them mentoring each other. Yep. 
You love this interview. I love it because I think that a lot of times in leadership, we think we have to know everything and it's our job to mentor everybody beneath us. But I think being in leadership is about constantly learning and you can learn from people who are younger. You can learn from people who are older. You can learn from people who've gone before and who are experts in area that you have no knowledge of. And Ken is so humble. He is. I, I love the thing about that I learned from him over and over is how humble he is. Yeah. This, this guy is like an expert in management and mentoring and he is so incredibly He loves humble. people. He does. He's a sponge. Yeah. Even at 70, I mean, exactly. I was at a conference with him recently and we should talk about this in the intro to the, to the actual <laughs> podcast. But when you talk about Ken Blanchard, you just want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting next to him at a conference and he is just taking copious notes in a backward baseball cap. Like here's a guy <laughs> yeah. who sold 60 million books or whatever and he's clearly the most accomplished guy in the room. He's got this backward baseball cap just like a notes. little kid and he is, he cannot write fast enough. So I love this interview. I want to give you a little taste of the interview with Ken Blanchard and Claire Diaz-Ortiz just to get you interested because we really want you to listen next week. Here's just a clip of my interview with Ken Blanchard and Claire Diaz-Ortiz. Cultivating productive relationships is really essential for the partnership and, you know, understanding that you both have kind of a network to offer the other, essentially. And I think Probably, honestly, a lot of people reading this book are pretty familiar with this concept because I actually think a lot of mentees, when they think about mentors in this day and age, they often think about the people that mentor is connected with. And I think that, you know, that can be kind of a huge sort of downfall of its own. But this idea of, you know, your mentor, your mentee is going to introduce you to a network and expand your network through their own is is really essential, but it also completely depends on the next step, which is this idea of trust. All right, there you go. Be sure to tune in next week to hear the entire conversation. I think you're going to love it. You're a guy who believes in mentoring. Hugely. Yeah. I mean, from high school, well, from junior high till now, there's been a solid mentor I can name in my life. And yep. I, I credit it with a lot of the stuff I've been able to do. Yeah, for sure. Just somebody ahead of you telling you, you're screwing up. Yeah. <laughs> that's, basically, yeah. that's basically how it works for me. <laughs> dummy, don't do it that way. Knock it off. <laughs> yeah, if you don't have somebody calling you dummy on a regular basis, who loves you yeah. and who's earned the right to do it? Quit emailing Ethiopian princes. <laughs> right. He's not going to send yeah. you a Honda. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what a wonderful episode of Building a Story Brand. Another great episode. This one I love so much because our desire here is to help you grow your business. Yeah. And we love being funny and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, if your business doesn't grow from you hanging out with us, we have not accomplished what God has put us on the planet to do, among other things. All right. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. He has a brand new single out called Down, which we're going to play for you as we wrap up this episode. We love Andrew's Mm -hmm. music. You can download his new song, Down, on iTunes right now. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to get a Honda. Somebody say that you know and you know That's all I got, so I go with the flow Nobody died playing safe on the ground Lonely fly if we don't look down If we don't look down